right, and welcome to your Monday review of week two. We got two and oh, feeling so good, some teams, and oh, and two feeling the blues. Here we go. Uh, we're going to re- review the games from Sunday, and actually, I'm going to review the game from last Thursday real quick, too. I didn't get a chance to do the uh, recap on Friday. I uh, happened to be out of town, so. We're going to recap these games, kind of give you some quick little stats, and give you my uh, predictions for the two Monday night games. Okay, here we go. So let's start off with the Thursday night recap, where Philly was victorious over Minnesota, 34-28. Philly looked in control of this game pretty much the whole time, but we did see um, Minnesota try to make it a game towards the end, but really... Four fumbles lost for Minnesota. Cousins had incredible stats again, but you can't win the game with four fumbles lost. The running game's non-existent. And on the Philly side of things, yeah, they're letting some uh, teams stick around or come back in. But, I mean, really, they rushed the crap out of the ball. 28 uh, carries for DeAndre Swift, 175 yards and a touchdown. Um, It was an ugly first quarter for both teams. But at the end of the day... Philly's just still got a good put-together team. They're starting to figure things out on the new offensive and defensive coordinator that they got. But Nick Sirianni's there, and I think Philly's going to be just fine. All right, let's go straight into the Sunday games and start off with some of the recaps. So first off, we had Kansas City versus Jacksonville. Kansas City 17, Jacksonville 9. Uh, Kansas City's getting healthier, guys. Kelsey was back in the game, caught a touchdown. And they're really, you're starting to kind of feel Kansas City start to get, them back, get back to their spots. Mahomes, 305 yards t- uh, passing, two touchdowns. Did throw an interception. But you did see Chris Jones return, guys. One and a half sacks. One tackle for loss and one pass defense. I mean, this guy, It's I, I was telling you guys last week on the pod, they should go right out there and sign him. They did. And he's already making a huge impact in the first game back. This game didn't light up um, the scoring. Like uh, maybe a few of us thought it would. Jacksonville, very pedestrian. No touchdowns. Uh, Sunshines, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence, threw 216 yards. He did have a fumble loss. ATN, very pedestrian. 12 carries, 40 yards. Uh, Christian Kirk exploded. But really, not much else to say about Jacksonville. I thought they were, you know, they definitely didn't get blown out by Kansas City. But they didn't necessarily keep up the firepower with Kansas City. All right, moving right along. Uh, one team that did keep the firepower up in in their home was uh, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills blew the doors off of Las Vegas Raiders 38-10. to Now, I did pick the Buffalo to win. I did think that Raiders would keep it a little closer than they did, but I was wrong on that one. Um, Buffalo was definitely back on track. Uh, Josh Allen, 274 yards passing, three touchdowns. James Cook looked uh, pretty dang good as well. 17 carries, 123 yards rushing. Buffalo had a 450 yards total offense, guys. They got everyone involved in the passing game. They had nine different receivers catching balls. Uh, they they intercepted Jimmy G two two times, and they had 40 minutes on the time of possession. That's pretty crazy and pretty good. So uh, going to the Las Vegas side of things, guys, Jimmy G, Once again, just not a big Jimmy G believer. Maybe it's just me. 185 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions, as we we covered just a second ago. Uh, Where is Josh Jacobs? Has anybody seen him? Did he not get onto the plane from uh, Las Vegas to Buffalo? Um, Because he had nine carries for minus two yards. 
obviously uh, Las Vegas was down pretty good, so they weren't going to be throw- running the ball as much. But So he did have five receptions for 51 yards, but my goodness, man, I would think at least he'd get double-digit carries and hopefully have more than a negative yardage for total. Um, Devontae Adams in this one did six receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Las Vegas, zero points in the second half. I believe Devontae Adams did go out with an injury later on in the game, so we have to update on that. Um, moving right along to one of the overtime games of the of the morning, actually. Two overtime games in the morning, but one of them was Seattle at Detroit, where Seattle ended up winning 37-31 against the old Detroit Lions. So Detroit Lions kind of fell back to earth here a little bit. Jared Goff looks still amazing. 323 yards passing, three touchdowns. He did throw a touchdown on the other side, though, a pick six, which did keep Seattle in this game later on. So Gino um, definitely looked a little bit better than he did played against the Los, uh, Los Angeles Rams last week. 328 yards, two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker really solid. 43 yards rushing, two touchdowns. You had Lockett with... Five reception, or I'm sorry, eight receptions with 59 yards and two touchdowns, and, and he sealed the game in overtime for them. So the one thing that if I'm Detroit, I'd be a little bit worried about is Montgomery went down with Bruce Thigh. You do have Jameer Gibbs, uh, who should be a big, bright star of your future. We'll just see what he does. Montgomery did look a little bit more steady carrying the ball. And Lions, you did have... Two other turnovers as well. You had two fumbles lost by Amon Ross St. Brown and David Montgomery. So, Detroit, if you're going to keep uh, the hype going on your train, you better stop the going off with those turnovers uh, going to the other team. All right, moving right along. Another game in the morning was a division battle between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, this one definitely uh, went back and forth a little bit. Baltimore ended up winning 27-24. Uh, Lamar Jackson looked pretty solid, 237 yards passing, two touchdowns, and holy rushing attack from Baltimore Ravens, 37 attempts, 178 yards total. Uh, they killed uh, Bengals in time of possession, 33 minutes to 26 minutes. Bengals definitely looked a little bit better this game than the last game. Burrow, 222 yards passing, two touchdowns, both to T. Higgins. Only 15 rushing attempts, though, for the Bengals. And I understand that they might have been, you know, down. But it's a pretty close game most of the game. So, just, I think you're going to have to get the rushing attack more involved. Especially now that uh, Burrow looks like he re-aggravated his calf injury. And his status for next Monday is up in the air. So, stay tuned on that one, guys. I'll have some more news about that here in this upcoming week. Okay, so going to the other overtime game from the uh, yesterday morning, which was the L.A. Chargers versus the Tennessee Titans, where the Titans pulled it out in overtime 27-24. Okay, here's the deal, guys. We had a very pretty much um, solid game on total offense from both teams. 342 total yards offense from the Chargers versus the Tennessee Titans. 341 total offense. But here, we had the same old Chargers and pretty much kind of the same old Titans being the Titans. And what I mean by that is the same old Chargers where they're putting up all sorts of offense, all sorts of points. They get five sacks. They miss Austin Eckler, in my opinion. They only had 61 yards total rushing as a team. 
Um, but I got to be honest with you guys. They they spread it out to eight different wide receivers. Two wide receivers had eight re- re- um, receptions, and that's uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But guys, they were fourteen percent on third down, and it's just so. Just like I said, guys, same old Chargers. They're spreading the ball all over the place. They're not. They're not running the ball, and they end up losing at the end. Uh, of course, in overtime. And then, like I said, the Titans being the Titans, Derrick Henry rushing twenty five carries, eighty yards. I mean, they just kind of chewed him away. Ryan Tannehill kind of had a pedestrian day, 246 yards passing, but they did enough to win, and that's the whole thing. And especially, you know, the Titans have a good rush defense. So, you know, hats off to them. They play tough at home, and the Chargers are 0-2, and those Titans are 1-1. That's where we're moving on to another 2-0 team, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating up on my Chicago Bears 27-17. Guys, Chicago, ugh. I mean, just Fields look inexperienced out there. He's holding on to the ball like he's a rookie out there. He should have his internal clock up and being ready to pass a lot more than that. I mean, Fields did have uh, 211 yards passing with a touchdown, but two interceptions. And guys, on the season, Fields has two touchdowns throwing, and he also has two pick sixes. So he's throwing a touchdown both ways, uh, two, two times in, in, in both games. So he's one and one on both games on throwing a touchdown and a touchdown for the other team. So I guess that's something to work on or something to look forward to. Uh, here's the deal, guys. Bears, incredible first drive, but that's a scripted drive, as we all know, which they've been practicing all week. It, they they re- went down there. They got DJ Moore involved in this game. Six receptions, 104 yards. Ke- uh, Cole Clement and Chase Claypool definitely look better. But the defense is just poor. I mean, they were giving up all these third and long plays to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my hat's off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They didn't allow a sack. Baker Mayfield was 317 yards and a touchdown. And holy Mike Evans, six receptions on eight targets for 171 yards. I mean, he was just eating the Bears secondary up alive. Now, Bears lost a couple... uh, People to injury in this game, Eddie Jackson, saying their their secondary is definitely beat up. But, I mean, the Buccaneers had six sacks, and they were 53% on third down. That's just crazy. So, 2-0, there you go. The Baker experiment is working out so far for you, uh, Tampa Bay. All right, here's one that I did not expect to go this way. Um, the next one on the morning docket was the Green Bay Packers playing the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta ended up pulling this one out, 25-24. Yeah, Green Bay, uh, you guys were up 24-12 going into the fourth quarter. So you didn't score anything else, and you gave up 13 points. Um, kind of ho-hum from Jordan Love. 151 yards passing, three touchdowns. Total offense, just 224 yards. Eh. 23 minutes of time of possession versus Atlanta's 36 minutes of time of possession. I think that kind of says it right there. Atlanta, 446 yards total offense. Um, Desmond Ritter did definitely look better. 207 yards, 237 yards passing, pardon me. A touchdown passing and a touchdown running. Holy Bijan Rob, uh, Robinson, guys. 19 carries, 124 yards, and four receptions for 48 yards. That guy's going to be a beast of a, of a player for them. And, hey, we had a Drake London sign, guys. After last week, basically reporting zero stats. He got involved in the game pretty heavy. Six receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Um, Atlanta just kind of pulled it out at the end and snuck up on Green Bay. Green Bay looked in control most of the game, but, you know, 
you got to finish these games, guys. So Green Bay falls to 1-1, one and, one, and Atlanta goes to 2-0. and oh. um, All right, here we go. Moving right along to Indy versus Houston. Indianapolis ended up taking this one 31-20. to 20. Not much to write about here other than uh, Richard, Anthony Richardson going out early with a concussion. He did have two touchdowns rushing before he left the game. Garden Minshew, the Ginsu, kind of came in and threw 171 yards passing and a touchdown. And Indy had six sacks against Houston. Houston put up a bunch of uh, points. Stroud definitely, C.J. Stroud looked good. 384 yards passing, two touchdowns. He did fumble twice, and he did lose one of them. So that's not necessarily so good. And if I'm Houston, I'm trying to figure out a way to get Damon, Damian Pierce involved in this game, guys. 15 carries, 32 yards. They got to start unleashing this Houston rushing attack, and that will help C.J. Stroud out a lot. Um, they were behind the whole game, so that's kind of where you kind of see uh, C.J. Stroud throwing so much. But, I mean... Past that, guys, not much to write about in that uh, AFC South divisional matchup other than the uh, both team, you know, you got the Colts 1-1 one and one and Houston Texans falling to 0-2 Blues, baby. All right, going on to another divisional matchup we had in the NFC West, San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. Guys, we saw the Niners win this game 30-23. to Tight division game, lots of scoring on both sides. San Francisco's still rolling, guys. They're rolling behind McCaffrey. Uh, big thing is when Christian McCaffrey's healthy, he's a beast. 20 carries, 116 yards, one touchdown. He added just three receptions on 19 yards uh, receiving, but still, Purdy, Brock Purdy was just uh, Purdy so-so, but he they didn't need much, man. I mean, their defense is doing great. Two interceptions on Matthew Stafford. Stafford had a ton of uh, yardage passing again, but just not enough to finish it out. So 307 yards passing for Stafford. Um, You know, the big thing is Kyron Williams for the Los Angeles Rams is is looking like quite a weapon for him. On He's the running back. There was Akers was out, and you saw him rush for 52 yards uh, on the ground and also catch 48 yards in the air. So he's becoming quite the little switchblade player. Uh, uh, player for Sean McVay. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you got two uh, re- receivers really flourishing while Cooper Cup's out. You got Puka Nakua, who tore up uh, San Francisco's defense for 15 receptions and 147 yards. And he also got 2-2 Atwell. So I'm really going to be kind of curious once Cooper Cup comes back here in a couple weeks to see how this ball's distributed, especially since Stafford uh, definitely had a big man crush on Cooper Cup a couple years ago. So... But Rams gave San Francisco all that they could handle. Rams are 1-1, one one, but San Francisco 2-0. Oh, and oh, so feeling so good. All right, here we go. Moving on to the afternoon games. This game a lot closer than I think some people expected. Not myself, personally. This game uh, kind of worked out pretty much the way I saw it would. I uh, The Giants versus Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Giants scoreless in the first half. This uh, final was 31 Giants. Arizona 28 um Arizona you had it you were up 20 to nothing at half and then it just kind of all fell apart (laughs) you saw the Giants just slowly start to kind of peek back uh Daniel Jones 321 yards passing two touchdowns he also added a touchdown on the ground uh Saquon he did go down with a hurt ankle we've seen this before that kind of hurts the Giants and seeing what they're going to do. He did have a touchdown rushing and touchdown receiving before he left. 
zero sacks for the Giants. Um, you know, other than that, Cardinals, <laughs> you had your opportunity for a win and you kind of blew it. Giants just kind of hung around and took it down at the end. But here we go. Not much else to say other than that. We'll move on to the other New York team that played in the afternoon, and that's the New York Jets versus the Dallas Cowboys, where the Dallas Cowboys whooped up on the Jets 30-10. to The Jets have come crashing down. Their running backs only had 11 rushing attempts. I mean, your leading rusher was Zach Wilson at five carries and 36 yards, and that was probably just when he was scrambling for his life. Zach Wilson, other than that, in the air, 170 yards passing. 68 of that was on one pat, one touchdown pass, and his to Garrett Wilson. He did have three interceptions as well. I mean, Dalvin Cook, four carries, seven yards. Brees Hall, four carries, nine yards. Um, I'm just going to say this. We've seen this from a Nathaniel Hackett called offense before, especially last year in Denver. So I'm not necessarily shocked by how this uh, New York Jets offense looked so inept. But we'll see what's going to happen. But the one thing that I would suggest maybe next time Jets is maybe try not to get into a, a shootout match with Dallas down in the uh, down in the Dallas Star because that is just not worth it. Uh, Dallas looked good. But they did beat up on two of the, you know, the last two weeks they beat up on two bad New York teams. So we'll see what happens. But Dallas is doing what Dallas has to do. And they're looking pretty solid doing it. I mean, Micah Parsons, two sacks, three tackles for a loss and a pass defense. If that guy's not going to get a contract at the end of this year, I don't know who is going to get one. Dak Prescott looked pretty good. CeeDee Lamb blew it up for 11 receptions for 143 yards. And you got Paul... uh, Tony Pollard looking solid on the ground. So that's what Dallas wants, and that's what Dallas is going to keep moving towards. All right, moving on to another disappointing um, game in the afternoon was Washington at Denver, where Washington took it down 35 to Denver 33. Score closer than really the game was. You saw a Hail Mary pass from Russell Wilson at the end of the game. To make it a little closer, and then Denver failed on the two-point conversion to tie it up. But really, Denver, what the heck happened? You were up 21-3 to at your own house. Russell Wilson was firing away. Uh, that Mar- uh, Mims was going crazy. But really, at the end of the day, he had no real rushing attack. I mean, and then Washington... Holy goodness, with seven sacks on Denver, which is pretty crazy. And I'll tell you what, Eric Bieniemy just kept them firing away. Sam Howell, 299 yards passing with two touchdowns. Brian Robinson added 18 carries, 87 yards and two touchdowns. And that's how you're going to look at it. You got 33 minutes of time of possession for, for Washington. They just kept plugging away and kept chip, chipping away at Denver. And that was pretty much it for them. All right. Let's go to the evening game, which was another uh, divisional matchup that we saw this time of the AFC East, and that was the Miami Dolphins versus New England Patriots. Miami ended up taking this one down 24-17, and I'll tell you what, Miami looks real, guys. Uh, They got Roheem Mostert going crazy, 18 carries, 121 yards. He busted a couple long runs. You saw Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. They they were all chipping in. Jalen Waddell won the receiving... uh, battle this time with 86 yards compared to Tyreek Hill's only 40 yards um but Miami's defense under Vic Fangio four sacks one interception one fumble recovery and really 
in my opinion, guys, the Dolphins looked in control the whole time. I know that the Patriots kind of made a little bit of a game towards the fourth quarter, scoring a little bit. But at the end of the day, Mike McDaniel had his team ready to play, and they just looked in control the whole time. The Patriots, of course, their offense is still looking like it's improving compared to last year. Mac Jones, 231 yards passing. And, of course, being a Patriots team, they love their tight ends. Hunter Henry, six receptions, 52 yards. And Mike Gusecki, five receptions, 32 yard, 33 yards. Pardon me. Devontae Parker looked like he was getting involved in the, the passing game pretty good. Six receptions, 57 yards. But Juju does a very uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I should say. A very pedestrian, five receptions, 28 yards. I mean, there's just not much to write home about the Patriots offense quite yet. It does look better under Bill O'Brien. We'll see what keeps happening as they keep, uh, you know, playing other teams. But their division isn't going to get any better. But other than maybe they'll have a good chance against the Jets. All right. Here we go. Monday night picks. We've got New Orleans Saints versus Carolina Panthers first off. And then later on in the evening, we're going to have the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, guys. Straight up to win. I like New Orleans Saints. I like Carolina to cover at plus three. And I do see this game being a low-scoring game, much like the Saints' first game. So I'm taking the under of 40. Now, going to the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, I'm taking Pittsburgh straight up to win. I'm taking Pittsburgh at plus two. And I am seeing another low-scoring game. So I'm taking the under of 39. So... Guys, I appreciate you turning into my little Monday recap. We'll I'll have a little uh, Tuesday recap. We'll cover the Monday night games tomorrow. I'll go over some of the news on some of these injured players, give us some updates, see where we're sitting, and we'll review total how PJ's been doing on his picks. They've been up, they've been down, they've been all around. But hey, guys, I appreciate you guys joining me. Just a guy talking football podcast with PG Janky, and keep listening. But. For right now, I'm out.